0: Listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled The Church Part Two. Hello, my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me again to hear more from the Word of God, the Bible. If you heard last week's broadcast, you might remember that I shared with you about how the young Christian church changed over the generations from its inception. The young church was better known as the Apostolic Church. This early church was relatively doctrinally pure although there were pressures placed on it via persecution and infiltration, especially through the imposition of other ideas and customs that were present in the pagan world roundabout. After succeeding generations, the church was compromised in many ways, and by the 3rd century AD it had adopted so much of the pagan culture that it was very different. ...than the original church established by the Apostles. The New Testament in the Bible consists of the four Gospels... ...the book of Acts, which tells of the advance of Christianity into the world... ...and then there is a series of letters written to the young churches. Finally, the Bible ends with the prophetic book of Revelation. Today... I want to share with you the warnings and advice that the Apostles Paul, Peter, James, John and Jude wrote to the congregations in the first generation churches that existed at that time. The first book was addressed to the Christians in Rome. Rome was the centre of government of the Roman Empire. Like the Greeks, the Romans had many gods and the people Were pagans. There were powerful anti Christian influences in Rome, and the writer of Romans, the Apostle Paul, was very aware of those influences. Paul reminded the Roman Christians that the whole of mankind, including Jews and Gentiles, has sinned, and everyone is in need of salvation. Then, he outlines that the only way to salvation is provided by God through the redemptive work of Jesus, who became the only acceptable substitute for repentant sinners. Paul makes the point that all Jews and Gentiles and Calathumpians are guilty of breaking God's holy law, and that the pathway to salvation is by accepting the grace of God rather than trying to keep the law perfectly. Paul explained that while the law would continue, while the law was good and holy, that it was the pathway to Christ, not the means of being saved. But he did not say that the law was abolished. Romans is probably the best book in the whole Bible explaining the way of salvation, that is, how to be saved. What Paul had to say to the Romans was very important as almost unquestionably the Roman Christians needed reminding that what the pagans did by offering sacrifices to idols and praying to inert gods was a complete waste of time. Under inspiration, the Apostle Paul also wrote to the Christians in Corinth in Greece. It had been reported to Paul that worldliness and pagan practices had entered the church. Some of these were moral laxness, especially in relation to sexual matters and general Christian contact and the lack of Christ-like development in the characters of the people. One text that typifies matters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians about is 1 Corinthians 15.33. It says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning. For there are some of you who are ignorant of God And I say this to your shame Some in the group of believers in Corinth Had allowed loose morals and pagan ideas To invade their beliefs and practices And they needed a stern but kind reminder Of what they should and should not be doing Sadly, the Corinthians continued allowing the prevailing culture to creep into their lives. So the Apostle Paul wrote them a second letter, pointing out that as a group of believers, they had become like a bad smell in society. They had such a high calling and example as shown in the life of the Apostles, but they had become a big disappointment to God. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17-20, to 20, this is part of what the Apostle wrote. He said, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And in 2 Corinthians 2.15, Paul points out that we are, Are the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. It is indeed a sad state of affairs when Christians who should be an example of goodness and high moral standards, a sweet aroma in the community, if you like, have instead become a bad smell. It is, as was with the Corinthians, a shame when corruption and low morals are found in the Christian community. Christians should set the standards and be examples of good behaviour rather than conforming to the behavioural standards of the world around them. What Paul said to the Corinthians applies as much in our time as it did in the apostolic church. Lack of biblical morality is very evident in the world at large. Just imagine what the world would be like if everyone complied with the moral law, the Ten Commandments. The world would be a wonderful place. It is evident that the teachings of the pure gospel were under pressure from the surrounding cultures in each of the young apostolic churches. The church in Galatia had similar problems. Paul had established this church and had taught of the all-encompassing redemption through Christ. Yet some Judaizers had been pressurizing the new converts to keep the old ceremonial laws, the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses refers to the ordinances and the traditions. It was not the moral law, the Ten Commandments. In Galatians 3.1, the Apostle Paul exclaims, You foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. In other words, what Paul was saying was that there, and our salvation depends on what Christ did, not through conformity to Jewish practices that were no longer valid. In the last verse of chapter 3, the plan of salvation is summarized. It says, If righteousness could be obtained through the law, Christ died in vain. The Apostle Paul was amazed how quickly those Galatian Christians had so quickly forgotten what he had taught them. And the same goes for us these times. If you want to know and keep the truth, you must keep referring to and studying the Word of God, the Bible. Otherwise, you are likely to be swayed to believe what others tell you. And what they tell you may not always be right. Very recently I was talked to a man who belongs to the same riders' Club of which I'm a member. It was lunchtime and we were sitting on a seat with some other club members on a Sunday in Tanunda in South Australia. Nearby were some zealous religious people trying to influence passing pedestrians to join their particular religious organisation. My new friend told me how he had been searching to find the right church, and had for a period of about a year gone to that organisation I just referred to, Meetings but he felt they were not teaching what the Bible actually said, and left. His search continued. I asked him if he had found a church home yet. Oh yes, he replied. I now belong to the Seventh-day Adventist Church, as they follow the whole Bible, and they keep the seventh-day Sabbath. The early apostolic church also followed the scriptures, and worshipped on the seventh-day Sabbath. But due to worldly pressures, it was only later on that the worship day came to be on another day than what the Bible specifies. Pressures came upon the apostolic church from outside and inside. Many of the members were ex-Jews, And some of them kept pushing the line that as God's people, Christian males need to be circumcised. This was a big issue, especially for new Christians, such as Greeks, who did not have a Jewish background. We find what happened in the book of Acts, chapter 15. Starting at verse 1, we read, Some men came down from Antioch and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. Paul and Barnabas then went to Jerusalem and spoke to the church council. After hearing of the marvellous conversion of many non-Jewish Christians, the council made a proclamation that circumcision was not a necessary factor in being a Christian. Circumcision of baby boys is still practised by many people in Australia for health reasons. I heard recently that there is a lower incidence of cervical cancer in women where their partners have been circumcised. We're going to stop and go on straight afterwards.
1: I say, Christian children, so redeemed from sin, called out of darkness, a new life to begin. Were you ever in the valley? Where the way is dark and dim, did you ever drink the cup of loneliness with him? Did you ever have them laugh at you and say it was a fake? The stand that you so boldly for the Lord did take. Did you ever have them mock at you? Life in ways quite for him. Did you ever drink the cup of holiness with him? Did you ever try to preach and holy Away. And you lost all courage and lost all your vim. Did you ever drink the cup of loneliness with him? Oh, my friends, tis bittersweet while right here on earth we to follow in the footsteps. That our dear savior troth the summer with the savior and when the way is dark and dim to drink from the bitter cup of loneliness with, with him
0: now we come to the book of ephesians which does not highlight any particular problems that were worrying the church. Instead, it speaks about God's purposes in people's lives and that being saved is not only for our personal benefit but also brings praise and glory to God. Included in Ephesians is practical advice given especially for the purpose of maintaining spiritual purity and advice on how to keep from being drawn into sin by the devil. Just as the church was under attack in the first century AD, so the church is under attack in this day and age. Churches and individuals who want to live according to what the Bible teaches are often ostracised, ridiculed and persecuted, just as you heard in the song. But the opposite is also true. Churches and individuals who conform to the world's standards and philosophy and compromise the truth as taught in the scriptures are often popular and well accepted by society at large. Such churches don't rock the boat. Personally, I see compromise as a problem. The call for unity among many denominations, especially among Catholics and Protestants, is dangerous, as it will lead to mild mediocrity. The call by Tony Palmer for all the churches to unite for the sake of unity and leave doctrinal differences to sort out when we are up there, as he pointed upward, is a recipe for compromise and paves the way to be controlled by the dominant group. I also believe that when one follows such a course, zeal for God and zeal to do what one knows is right will end up as nothing more than tame conformity. Should that happen, the old hymns, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, and the other one, Dare to be a Daniel, will become irrelevant. There is a wise adage or saying that all people, Christians or non-Christians, should take to heart. It's this. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I'll repeat that. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. If you believe in something, Whether your belief is popular or unpopular, it's important to stand by it. Otherwise, you will become a nobody. The people who are best remembered are those who stood up and stand up for their beliefs and stick by them. The history of the Apostolic Church demonstrates what happens when one compromises truth fervor and spirituality decline and the church will be left with very little to believe in and unfortunately this has happened with many Protestant churches already there is very little depth in their beliefs and some have declined to the the degree that ministers preach very little other than social behavior some have even gone so far as to deny the sacrifice of Jesus. As with the apostolic church, worldliness has invaded the churches. Take, for example, dress. Once, when people went to church, they would dress in their best clothes. Church attendance was a high point in their lives, and they believed that dressing well was a sign of showing honour to God. In this day and age, I see many people come to church in their everyday street clothes. In fact, I know of some who dress down instead of dressing up. They dress better for work than for church attendance. Christ's words of advice were, Be in the world, but not of the world. The apostles, in their letters to the churches, instructed the people in how to maintain their purity of beliefs and of things they were doing, what was unacceptable, and they gave warnings about allowing themselves to be influenced by worldly, pagan ideas. Why did the apostles bother to do this? It was because the church the body of believers was raised up to bring glory to God and a rebuff to Satan. When you read the epistles, the letters to the churches, you will notice that they did not stray concerning one issue, at least not in the early days. That was about keeping the seventh-day Sabbath. We read what the Apostle Paul did in Acts chapter 16 and verse 13. Paul was on a visit to Philippi. He says, And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. Paul was a missionary and endeavoured to preach the gospel wherever and whenever he could. Yet on the Sabbath, he ceased from his labours along with those who were with him and they went to a pleasant, quiet place where they could worship. Ordinarily, Paul would be in a marketplace or somewhere like that, preaching. In other towns where there was no Christian church, but where there was a Jewish synagogue, Paul would go to worship there. Paul kept God's day of rest, the seventh-day Sabbath. But over time, even Sabbath observance was affected, and the compromise between Christianity and worldliness brought about changes in the day of worship too. You know, if any of the apostles, Paul, Peter, James, Jude or John, could see what has happened to the Christian church today, they would be horrified. The pure doctrine of the apostolic church has been so watered down and many of the pillars of doctrine have been so eroded and standards of behavior declined that those apostles would hardly recognize Christianity in comparison To what it used to be. But there are some. Today. Who hold fast. To what the Bible teaches. The Bible calls them. The remnant. I hope you are. Or at least that you want to be. One of these. If you want to come into a right relationship with God. Associate with people who believe and live according to the whole Bible, not just selected bits. I'm sorry, but we must stop again. I'm glad you've joined me today. Be sure to listen next week, won't you? And in the meantime, I wish you God's blessings and the will to please God who wants you, yes, you, in his kingdom.